See, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all Hello, of Hello, everybody, and welcome talk. back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week, leading into Survivor Series, are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, CK and Joe Rodermill. Opening your mind, baby. <laughs> I almost said Act 2 Fly. I, I keep getting that stuck in my head on the opening <laughs> that, that of That would have been disastrous. <laughs> but we are best friends. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we know him as Alo. <laughs> the ladies know him as Baylo. So this is a thing. It yeah. is a thing okay, now. Yeah, I don't think we can get away from it. Alo, <laughs> Aaron Lloyd, and special guest, good friend, the godfather of the Matt Madness podcast, Joe Lafferty. And starting now from this moment, from this moment on, this will be the moment. Starting now of the genesis of McGillicuddy. Hi, everybody. Ron, thanks for having me back. Before we get started, if I may, I brought a present for you. Okay. So the listeners can't see it. Uh, We found some old wrestlers, uh, some action (laughs) figures in my parents' house. Yes. Over the weekend. Hell of a collection. And had a blast. My son, who I think sent in a question for later, he found some old Hardy Boys uh, jacks, and, and he's they're, they're, they're holding every title in, in our house. But I found two guys that I, I popped as soon as we saw them in the toy box, and I said, I'm, I'm giving them to Ron. I think it's some of your best radio material. I can only imagine who it is now. And I just want you to continue bringing... Bringing that emotion. <laughs> Bringing the heat. I can't wait to see who it is. I have an idea that I might know who one of them is. Yeah, I know. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, I am presenting Ron Pastry, my friend from 1984, with two cool action figures. <laughs> that, thank you. In great condition. In mint, mint condition. No, yellow, no yellowing or nothing. Only so. the four of us can see them. They are in mint condition. They look amazing. The fake braids. <laughs> Is that a turban on his head? It kind of looks like a turban. Or the hat on it's backwards. A, it comes beanie. off when he wrestles. It's a beanie. Uh, yes. It's a beanie. This is awesome. I thought, I thought because we talked about uh, the love that I get for hating stuff. I thought it was going to be like Goldberg and Benoit, or like Goldberg and Bischoff, or, or something. Or Scott like Steiner. That, that was yeah. mine, like Bill and Scott Steiner. All right, we're going to have two cool. <laughs> actually, I think I may just have them on either side of my microphone for right now. And they are yours. So, uh, from the Lafferty family, uh, please enjoy them. Well, I already am enjoying them. So <laughs> thank you, thank you to the Lafferties. I think they will bring us good luck tonight. Uh, we have Survivor Series upcoming this week. Before we get into that, I'll just plug Falls Count Anywhere, The Perfect Edge. We should have one, if not this week, next week. Uh, we have an unsanctioned hosted by Ek2Fly Eric Trimbicki. Uh We have Throwback Madness, which was just released, Survivor Series 02. That was a fun one. Listen to that. Yes, give it a listen if you want to hear hatred. <laughs> you a lot of hate. Hear it. Yes. Uh, five star ratings and reviews on iTunes. 
If you are in the South Philadelphia area on Saturday, you can find us at the Icons of Wrestling and House of Hardcore. If you don't know where to find our table, look for Brian Gerard James <laughs> and see where he's hanging around. We assume that he will be stalking our table the whole day, listening for more gold ideas <laughs> to put on SmackDown on Tuesday nights. Uh, Alo, would you like to move some merch before we get started? <laughs> yeah. If, if you want to embrace the match, you can do so at whatupmaneuver.net. And if you're tired of the same old wrestling tees, you can head over to kyleandnubbaugh.com and use promo code MATTMANDERS for 10% off your order. And um, we're all friends of Bret Hart, right? We are. Yeah. So since we're all friends of Bret Hart, and I'm assuming you guys are too, you can go to russellcrate.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off your order. There's only five crates left, and in those crates, you get a special Bret Hart item. So... Head over there. There's only five crates left, and it's for the and it's for the month of November. All right. So if you're a friend of Bret Hart and a fan of Matt Madness, ten percent off promo code Matt Madness. Just Madness. Just Madness. Yes. Okay. Matt Madness is Colonella. Okay. The only working promo codes on the internet. Yes. As far as we know. So Survivor Series, as we've been told numerous times on both shows every week, it is the only time <laughs> that Raw faces. Could they mention it one more time? I don't know, because I don't know if we got... Just for clarification. Yeah, I don't know if we got the hint. Uh, Laugh. How do you feel about this Survivor Series, how it's shaked up? Shaken up. I know that you were not... As of two weeks ago, you said it meant nothing, it was meaningless. Do you feel any different now that we are three, four days away from it? It's more of a spectacle. With no titles on the line, with nothing to gain... And I still want some kind of home field advantage for WrestleMania, the last match, the main event, like I mentioned. The the card is going to be good. However, Alo, the entire <laughs> show is about Triple H now. The entire show and his matching out WrestleMania with Kurt Angle. He, Monday night, took so much attention away from everybody. He's taken spots away from an NXT call-up. Okay, Angle's son. I saw that coming. Everybody in NXT loves him for training and mentoring these guys. Now when they come up and they're traveling to towns, they're going to SmackDown, right, to beat up the SmackDown team. Where was H? Oh, yeah, he wasn't there because when he comes out on Sunday, the pop's going to be bigger. He is taking time away, TV time from these guys, and it's awful. I wanted to jump into Owens and Zayn <laughs> right away. I think the heat is real. I think their time is limited with the WWE. They saw what Punk did. They saw what Cody did. And they're not happy. They're not the champions. They should be. They deserve it. Brock Lesnar's a champ. He doesn't wrestle. Jinder... Everything you guys said about, okay, it's a different guy. Jinder <laughs> stinks in the ring. He didn't deserve. We deserve, never said deserves he did. Not a good, deserves not a good one. I know what you mean, though. No one ever mentioned we, deserve. There, our, were, there our, were other guys that are better than him that should have been champs. So these guys, these talented guys come to the WWE, and they want to be the champ. And it's not working out in their favor. I think Owens and Zayn, they're not on the card. Are they going to interfere in that match? Yeah. I I hate Triple H. There you go. There's, there's the close of that. <laughs> long argument. story short. That's the gist of it? I hate Triple short H. Short story long. I hate Triple H. <laughs> Just to run around, I hate Triple H. Yeah. Well, I told Ron this like, earlier today. 
when Triple H music hit, and I knew you were going to be on the show, I lit the <laughs> hell up. I was so happy. <laughs> because I knew, like, the chains are going to be off for the first 10, 15 minutes of this show, essentially. Now, I agree, because the first thing in my notes was the whole focus now is on Triple H and Kurt Angle and basically Jason Jordan's heel turn. Now, you said he's taking away spots from guys from NXT. He's only taking a spot away from Jordan. But as I stated last week on the show, Jason Jordan just looked odd in this whole Stuck matchup. Out. He didn't he didn't fit. And I'm going to give credit to Brian Gerard James again for listening to what I said last week. Jason Jordan did not fit in this. And it's like he just like. I said he all, wouldn't even be in the show. You did say that. And it's all these top name guys. And it's just like, who's this guy? And I said that. I was like, they are they really going to go forward with that? And they did. And Triple H coming out, I didn't expect that at all. I really did not. And you, what guy would you prefer? Because you say NXT guys. What guy would you have preferred? Because it's just they, it's just Jason Jordan and WWE themselves, not even just Triple H. They, they haven't done Jason Jordan any favors to even be in this match. Because I've said this for weeks. When you're Kurt Angle's son, you can't stop and go. With that, that has to be a thing. You can't go. You can You have to have these moments and stuff. You can't just come and go with them as you please. It has to be consistent. It's been like since this, what since July. That you have like what four months. You needed four months of build of this, but you haven't done it. Anytime Jordan has a big match on the go home show, you want to have these father son moments when they should have been at least every week or if not bi weekly. It wasn't booked right, and the crowd hasn't accepted him at no. all. It was the perfect opportunity, though, for the two of them to start feuding and to start an angle. Oh, oh angle and jo- Jordan. Oh, oh that, that's that's going to be the thing going forward. Because no, it's not. It, it's it, Triple H and Angle. I know, but Jason Jordan is going to be a part <laughs> yeah, of this somehow, be, somehow, some way. Jason Jordan is going to be a part of this. But the, but that's not the payoff. It's going to push. It's his, all about Triple. H. I didn't. I didn't say it wasn't. It's about. Tri- it's all about Triple H versus Kurt Angle. That's the. That's the big picture. Here. Yes. I never. I didn't disagree. But the whole thing is, Jason Jordan is a seed planet in this whole situation, and that's that's the thing. It's like for, before we get the payoff, it's only Kurt Angle versus Triple H. But you're gonna have Jason Jordan probably eventually turn heel on Kurt Angle and align himself with Triple H. You guys don't like Bray Wyatt that much anymore. Bray Wyatt was a champion this year. He could have had that spot. They don't He's, do anything good with Bray Wyatt anymore. That's that's kind of the booking issue. Bray Wyatt is more irrelevant than Jason Jordan. Just because he was champion doesn't mean anything. You're you're only what WWE puts you as. And Bray Wyatt, okay, he was the champion and he did good on SmackDown. But after, ever since he's been on Raw, he's done nothing. And he what just a, got what about Elias? Elias, they don't probably see him in that light. And at the same time, like you said, it's about H and just still building a story. Jason Jordan is a part of that eight Triple H storyline versus Kurt Angle, and that's what it's going to be leading to the WrestleMania. Laugh, I know you do appreciate the work of Elias. <laughs> He's fantastic. <laughs> I met him at the Orlando airport, <laughs> Elias, and I said, "Yo, Drifter." <laughs> and what was the response to that? He turned his head, turned a little smirk, or was he just? And like, I said, hey. I, "I some weird combination of I love your work, keep it up." <laughs> It's amazing what comes out of your mouth when you're not prepared for you're like, gold. Yeah, and you said he pre-appreciated the, the compliment. It was very quick, but it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's a super nice guy. Um, yeah, the Triple H thing, I, I will give him credit. I didn't expect it. I didn't either. 
I didn't see it coming. I, I, I mentioned last week that I didn't see Jason Jordan following through, and I figured they'd turn on him. I thought maybe Kurt Angle would push that, and they'd have that kind of – I didn't see Triple H coming out like he did. I enjoyed it um, for what it's worth. I don't think ultimately it switches the whole picture to Triple H. That's not how I feel about it. I feel it sets up a lot of other angles, and Triple H is a small piece of that. I mean, I like the way they have it laid out. Um, each team has two of the newer call-ups, NXT guys. Each guy has their GM, uh, although, you know, you would say Angle's probably better than Shane. Um, kind of the odd man out for me is no one matches up with Braun Strowman, and I don't know how that's going to play out. Yeah. Did, did anyone else appreciate it was the first time that Jordan called Kurt dad? I, did, I popped huge <laughs> for that. Like, well, it was like he was really, like, throwing uh, that line out there. Dad, cause you're just yeah. trying to get into his emotions. And that's what this turned into, like, especially when Triple H came out. Because he put, like, him and Ste- Stephanie put Kurt in a tough position, and then Triple H coming out, it's like, puts him in a really tough position because, like, your job's on the line. Like, you can't just go off your feelings and your emotions. And then you get, you let you, you watch your son just get jobbed out and buried uh, right in front of your face and you you do nothing about it because you're, you're, like, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. They made Angle look bad. I know they did. I never said they did it. They made him look terrible because he's just sitting there looking on, looking on down. I didn't like that aspect of it, but for what they're, from what they're trying to portray is the, the emotions of him and his job. But did I like it? For how bad they made him look Like this is Kurt Angle It's not like Mick Foley Who can't move anymore This is Kurt Angle Yeah Kurt Angle's looking Kind of rickety up there too He can barely stand straight up His knees are bent <laughs> Like an action figure Yeah He is an action figure Yeah and I, I just gotta say this now Jason Jordan is no Will Smith He is Will Smith he is not That, that was so, Like his performance was terrible I have to get that out there I was like this is so bad Not even on the same play Don't do this to me Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like this it was terrible. Like, he tried. <laughs> like, we, I think we could all say that, but he's not—he's not an actor. No. We said this from the beginning when they did this angle. Like, these guys are not actors. Kurt has been doing it for a really long time, and I think he's been as good as you could expect with a lot of this material. But Jordan is not an actor who has been forced into a role where he's had to act, which is not what he does. Um, also, going into this whole. Basically, we have the elimination match, which is Angle captaining with Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and now Triple H as the last member. Against Shane as the captain of SmackDown, with Orton, Nakamura, Bobby Roode, and John Cena. We also have The Shield versus The New Day. These stories kind of all got lumped into each other, with The Shield kind of coming to bat for Angle with Stephanie on Raw. The Shield invading during the main event. Yep. Um, which I, I think we all saw coming. I liked that they came in waves, though. Yeah. I mean, it was cool that they came in waves. The only thing I would uh, say is, like, a lot of the stuff they've done to build for the Survivor Series was very predictable. Just very, I mean, you could see it. Um, who didn't know Bro- uh, Baron Corbin was w- going to win? Because when they did the kind of kickoff, when everyone yep. was all rallying up, <laughs> he's the only one that talked. How bad was that pep rally? Terrible. It was awful. How, Painful. That was, that was Painful. embarrassing. And that's more of what you've kind of hated about it, is like, how are all these people who fight and hate each other all rah, rah, rah for my brand kind of thing? And it just amplified that like 10 times with that. Yeah, they were all cheering for Baron Corbin when he cut his... Even Sin Cara, who's fighting them later for the title. <laughs> He's right. Yeah, that was like cr- a cringeworthy opening segment, I felt like. Saved by Daniel Bryan. We'll Part, get to that. So go. As, as Alo would say, we'll get to that. Um, I liked that they came in waves. 
And there were really, as much as I hate the whole brand versus brand and trying to act like these guys care about each other, as stupid as that is, there were like two things I really loved about the invasion at the end. One, I I really enjoyed that Titus and Apollo <laughs> got a little bit of revenge because they were the first ones to take the beating from Team SmackDown. And then I loved Angle waving out Braun yeah. Strowman at the end. Oh, yeah. like. Like, you guys think this is rough now. Like, I'm about to bring this guy. The look on Angle's face I thought was priceless. And then Angle obviously hitting the uh, the slam at the end I thought was great. Kind of something I was waiting for. And, um, I mean, it's the go-home show before the pay-per-view. I was waiting for, I mean, you should have every member of the SmackDown team coming in. You, I was waiting to hear John Cena's music hit, Randy Orton come running down. We had n- no show from these guys. And, again, it's your go-home show. Kinda and the, and they're that. in the match. Yeah. Dude, yeah. My thing was, where was AJ? The champion. He wasn't even out there. Nope. Yeah. Then have key guys out there. Well, Nakamura was out there. No, Bobby Roo was out there, but I don't recall seeing Orton at all. There was no Orton, no Cena, no AJ. Like I said, so the guys that they were like, we're not going to let these guys look bad. Nah, yeah, pretty much. Basically, um, laugh. Did you enjoy the the Raw invasion? The end was good. I thought Strowman should have showed some signs of going through a ring and being hurt. <laughs> Um, shout out to Taz and Bam Bam for doing that best spot. And anytime it's a callback to that, man, was that was that awesome? It was good, but there's there's no payoff in this match, and everybody's older than we are, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not young. No, we're not anymore. I mean, you got you got two cool action figures. How how young can you really be? No, they're not mine. <laughs> they're mine. That's how mine was a uh, Greg Valentine uh, LJN that I didn't bring. I had, Mr. I had a couple of wrestling buddies. Mr. Fuji. A couple of wrestling buddies. So the, the one thing, and Alo brought this up last week, I believe, that I had this feeling last year about the elimination match. Like it doesn't mean anything. But they actually told stories for each show within that match. So I, will you look at it as, as a success if we have all ten guys in this match have an angle coming out of Survivor Series, where Survivor Series maybe isn't a payoff show, but it's like kickstarting us towards the Rumble. The last few, the last many network specials, I've enjoyed them. It's a Sunday night. I throw the computer on. I enjoy the show. And I've been given a lot of good ratings to those. Mm-hmm. Mondays and Tuesdays drive me insane. <laughs> but the work on the network specials has been good. I'll probably enjoy it, but going into it and, and Monday night just give me sour taste about everything. Because now we got to wait six months, whatever the timetable is, for the Triple H payoff. He's in the shield now. The whole Survivor <laughs> Series is about him. It's all about him, Alo. It is all about Triple H. He's got the book, his his dad and his wife, and it's it's all about them. <laughs> the SmackDown's all about Shane, and the the promo that Daniel Bryan did that was so much fun. It was. And AJ coming out too. That was great. Did, did that excite you when uh, Ginger finally lost the title? Absolutely. Did you, you go nuts oh. for that? <laughs> yeah, and then he comes, he calls, he texts me saying, H is trying to get Ginger over. I'm like, it's a live event. If it was, ha- if this happened on TV, I'd be mad. I'd be on the show yelling. 
Because he was trained for six months. Now you're going to try to get this guy over now? Now, I still think that Roman Reigns and Triple H were in that main event because Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Triple H and Vince were sitting around at Thanksgiving, and he says, Hey, Vince, let me put over this guy. And, and he leading up to the match, he's doing suck it and getting yeah. the crowd to pop he's a, for it. He's a, this a, the thing. He's a, whether you ahead. Whether you hate him or not, majority of WWE fans now, especially today, with kayfabe being dead and all, they're not going to boo Triple H. He's beloved. Like, it's, it's, it's better than 50-50 when it comes to Triple H in, from a WWE audience. And no matter what they do, they're not going to boo him. He was playing a heel role there. And at the same time, I'm, I'm not letting go of the fact that Ron's getting hurt. The, re- the report was, so allegedly, you're supposed to get the Shield triple threat at 32, but we didn't because Ron's got hurt. But at the same time, Rush, where are you going to go? You had Triple H right there. That was already built in the story. Could you have done Brock at the, ne- um, the rematch with Brock? Yeah, but at the same time, Triple H, he, R- Robins was feuding with the authority throughout the whole year. That's, they were now, and that's even when the Shield broke up. That was a, Triple H was a part of that too, so that that had to be paid off too, and that was the only really intriguing story they could have actually pulled out of Thirty Two. It was like a a lot of consequences led to that. Yeah. I mean, most people didn't want to see Brock and Roman again either. Yeah, it's it, like if you don't agree, you don't agree, but you have to understand like that's a understand that's a viable opinion. So it's, your point is that it wasn't like they went into the year thinking we're going to just have Triple H. Yeah, it was like. All right, Triple H was supposed to fight Rollins at, at Mania. Rollins got hurt. Is that or no? No, I said it was, it, was, be... it was reported supposed to be the Shield Triple Threat at 32. That was supposed to be the um, the match for the title, but it didn't happen that way because Rollins got hurt. If, if it's any cancellation for you, laugh. A lot of these Triple H storylines that they tried to push recently never have any payoff. So yeah, and there's I, a good yeah, chance that'll yeah, fizzle and off. I've, and I've said that, and I've always said. Like when you when you said um, Triple H and Jinder, I was like, okay. Well, we I've always said, tri- facing Triple H now is basically equivalent to the, to the world title, because shit titles don't matter anymore. I, I don't, do I agree with that? No, it and, shouldn't be. And that going way. into that India tour, they're they're thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'll I'll, I'll get him over. No, you won't. It's a live the event. Match is going to be awful. I know it's going to be awful. <laughs> <sighs> um, so real quick, everyone's prediction on the oh, elimination. Match. Can I get my thoughts on this? Raw under um, SmackDown under Siege. There were things I liked and I didn't like. Like the whole waves, I did like that aspect of it, but I thought a lot of it felt flat because there wasn't any carnage left. Like, I know the famous clip of the go home for Survivor Series 01 where everybody hit their finisher. Probably one of the greatest endings to a show in wrestling history. Like, the shield coming down, that was great. Braun, Braun, um, Angle bringing out Braun, that was great. But from the action in the ring, there was like, there was like no carnage. All they did was throw each, throw each, throw each other over the top rope, and everybody was, just, everybody was laid out, laid out over that. The women attacking the other women in the locker room, kicking the door, and I thought that was great of it. But it just fell flat because there was actually like no carnage. Even when they were attacking Shane, I thought they did it backwards. Like Angle was basically talking trash to Shane, who was actually conscious. Instead of having the shield beat him, beat him up and do the triple power bomb, then and then pick Shane up and do the angle slam, it was a little bit backwards to me. But it, it did feel a little flat. There wasn't enough carnage. It wasn't enough emphasis. It was just like kind of like going through the motions. Like you didn't even like feel that there was actually like destruct like raw leg destruction like SmackDown did when when SmackDown went under siege. 
Right. No, I, I do agree with that. It did not feel like they, there was destruction. The, the other two things I did like, I liked that Alexa got that last mm-hmm. she's shot a at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It looked pretty vicious, too. Uh, yeah. And I did like that they were, like, holding Shane's head, like, watching what was happening to his guys outside mm-hmm. the ring. But yeah, nothing. We, <laughs> a yeah, bunch of well, nothing. Yeah. But, like, the, the, the psychology of that I liked. Um, who do we think wins the elimination match, Team Raw or SmackDown? This is going to be. Listen, I have so many options. Like, I think this will be overbooked because you have to think about how you're going to get Braun out. Because basically, yeah. no one matches up. Kane's going to probably come from under the ring. He's he's going to return affect, from hell. Affect Braun. Mm-hmm. He's going to return from the depths of hell where him and Eric Bischoff were. Yeah. But <laughs> and then that's how Braun, Braun will probably get out. He'll deal with Kane and then. You gotta worry about Triple H and Angle like that. When's that confrontation gonna? Or if Jason Jordan's involved at all? Yeah, that too. But you gotta worry about that whole Triple H and Kurt Angle thing. Like, what's, is, is that gonna come to a head? Is Jason Jordan gonna get involved? Because the SmackDown and like Raw. The thing I like about Team Raw, Raw Team Raw has all the intrigue. Team SmackDown doesn't. There's nothing yeah. going on with Team SmackDown. All those guys are just there. Like Nakamura's nothing. Randy Orton's nothing. Bobby Roode's nothing. And who Cena? You haven't seen Cena in, in months, so it's like there's no intrigue on Team SmackDown. Raw no has story, all the yeah. Raw has all the intrigue. Because you've got to think about what's going to happen with Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. Yeah, you know, that's going to kind of erupt to push yeah, that they, story forward. Yeah, they work together on Raw. They won their tag match, actually being a team. And then at the same time, you also got to worry about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like laughs, laugh was saying when they got sent home, like they were basically irrelevant on SmackDown. You didn't see them until like nine thirty. Mm-hmm. So are they going to get pushed to the back burner or what <clears throat> or whatever? So, like, this could either be, like, a really good overbooked match or it could just fall flat. But this is more of a spectacle because a lot, a lot of these matchups you're going to see for the first time. Like, you're going to see Finn Balor face over Nakamura for the first time. You're going to see Triple H face over against Nakamura and his doppelganger for the first time. It's a lot of new stuff you're going to see in this match on Sunday. So you kind of just got to appreciate it for what it is yeah. and just, just sink it, it all in. But I do think this will be really overbooked. It won't be better than last year's match because I think last year's match had way better competitors in it. But I'm gonna go with. Hmm. <laughs> it's rough because I can see I I can see Raw win Raw losing, and and um them just like keeping Kurt Angle around anyway. Like what happened with Shane? Yeah. <laughs> Against the Undertaker. Yeah. It, it won't matter. Or they'll, they'll just like bring Kurt Angle back like when Cena brought back the Authority. But I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Team Raw. Joseph. It's, I, I, I'm sorry, like, it's a mess. I can't. It, it is a mess. There's a lot, a lot all over the place. There's a lot going on. There's a lot all over the place. Yeah, because Owens and Zayn, they 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 felt irrelevant on SmackDown. They were, and they they just rolled out of the ring. I mean, there there's something there. I think it's kind of part of a work. I mean, maybe there's something deep seated, more behind the scenes that we don't know about, like you're speaking of. But I think right now they're working, um, working into the storyline. Um, that being said, I just I think I'm I'm with my colleague over here. I think uh, I think I think uh, Raw ends up taking it. Um, I, for some odd reason, I just feel my bones. Daniel Bryan has has some some kind of play in this. Yeah, laugh. I you guys, about him too. <laughs> mm. You guys are both wrong. <laughs> SmackDown's going to win. It is going to be overbooked. And Zayn and Owens will come out. And they're going to take out Shane. 
And Owen's new buddy from Twitter, <laughs> Randy Orton. That was awesome. Yeah, I was laughing. Was it was it was really fun. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna have Nakamura being one of the winners. If you saw on tour, they started to tease AJ and Nakamura. Mm-hmm. That let's say it. Do it now. No one's no one's getting younger. So I'm I'm picking SmackDown with one of the survivors being Nakamura. I'm taking Raw for the simple reason that I don't think they're going to have Triple H come back and not win. And also my hope is that while Owens and Zayn have been taken out of Survivor Series, this is their ticket in, is to cost SmackDown the match. Yeah, I almost That's wanna, my hope. I almost want to switch my pick because Raw has Asuka in the women's division. Mm-hmm. But in Team Raw won last year. I'm not sure if they want to flip flop because teams the men's SmackDown team won last year too. So you think we're going to get like within pay per views we're going to get fifty fifty booking year to year? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's the hard that's the that, hard that's part. Gonna be your, that's that's going to be your deciding factor. Who won last year? That's how they think. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad way to go about it. Like, oh well, Raw won last year, so they'll so SmackDown. That's no, flipping. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Shield in the New Day. Not a ton to talk about because obviously there hasn't been a huge build for this, but they made a big deal on Tuesday about the New Day having never turned on each other. Like they're the one team that's never turned on each other. Do you think that they're planting the seeds for someone to turn in the New Day or no? Am I just overreading the tea leaves? I think you're reading a little bit. I don't think that's going to happen in uh, the foreseeable future. Maybe it could down the road, but not now. I don't think. I don't. I think you're reading a little too much. I, I did love their promo between them. <laughs> twenty-seven, 27 times. Time. Most of Kofi. Kofi's <laughs> great. He's awesome. Yeah, almost all Kofi. <laughs> Laugh. What do you think? Any chance that they're hitting that note of the new days never turned on each other to no. set it up? And I want the new day to stay together forever. forever. Stay together. Uh, get some t- uh, records, set some records, whatever they are. Alo, you know all that stuff. <laughs> but I, this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I want Seth Rollins to do a moonsault off of Big E onto somebody. <laughs> I want him to hit that spot that I love. This is going to be a fun match. I'm looking forward to this. All six guys are good. I hope they're given enough time. I hope there is a winner. Don't know who it's going to be. Uh, I'll pick the Shield. The Shield? Shield. I would go Shield, yeah, for sure. I'm going to say Shield, yeah. too. Again, for the same reason. I can't imagine them having like their first pay-per-view match back together not winning. Yeah. And the New Day, they're, they're at the point where I think it doesn't even matter. No, it doesn't. They're still... Like they're just an entertaining segment. People want to see them come out. It really Regardless of matter. which, yeah. And it's, it's fun whether they're in the ring or they're coming out, cutting the promo. They're... they're they're, they're over. Yeah, they'll have their titles again at some point. They'll probably get another three title reigns by this time next year. But, yeah, I don't think they need to win, so I don't think they will win. Yeah, but they're, like Laugh said, this is going to be really fun. I can't wait to see this. It There's, is. I think it's going to be a blast. It's going to be ridiculous. Their stuff with the Usos was so good. Mm-hmm. It, it was so good. And we saw it so many times that it was never not good. Yeah. <laughs> they gave us a different look every mm-hmm. time. They deserve the titles again. Yeah. I, I agree, and I think they'll have them sooner rather than later. Uh, AJ and Brock, we had Heyman give his promo, the five reasons to subscribe to the WWE Network, which was mostly him kind of putting over AJ um, as the underdog and basically Brock being must-see TV. Daniel Bryan 
became the advocate the for advocate. AJ Styles <laughs> for one night, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, it was it was really fun to watch. Gave his one reason to subscribe. Well, basically, he said he had a problem with one of Heyman's reasons, saying that. And I love that he brought like real life into it. He said that when Brock gets tested, when he gets put into deep waters, he quits. Like he quit to a half-ass knee bar in UFC, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I did not think he was going to throw that in there. The, his his fight against Frank Mir, but he said AJ will take him in those deep waters, and basically he said he only has ten minutes in him. And I think I read something that said Brock's last four matches have been a total of like. 24 minutes or something like that. Yeah, and in SummerSlam, he took a nap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. AJ steps in for himself, says this is not a Rocky movie, this is an AJ Styles production. I like that they're building it as AJ, the quintessential underdog. Brock is the beast that he is. I hope that this thing goes at least 10 minutes, if not more, and I hope there's at least a believable opportunity for AJ Styles to win this match at some point. It scares me because, I mean, I'm a huge AJ, AJ Styles fan, but the way they book Brock Lesnar matches these days, are they going to give us the match we want to see? Or are they just going to give us what they usually throw out there? So it's kind of scary going in what, what what's going to happen. And I can't anticipate them burying AJ Styles. Yeah. Well, uh, but like we just reviewed in Survivor Series 02, Brock versus Big Show, best six minutes, six best six <laughs> minute match ever. Yeah. This could surpass it because as long, as long as you give it fast paced, because I think like I say, Brock's matches don't usually go over ten minutes. As long as you go fast paced and go all out, this match will succeed because we already know Brock isn't working longer than ten minutes. Right. Laugh. You had something you wanted to say? Give a shout out to you guys. That was a wonderful throwback. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's a lot of talk about Ron. When he hates stuff, being being wonderful <laughs> radio, wonderful. wonderful radio. That's why we loved Heenan all those years. Heenan was gold. So embrace the hate, embrace the dark side. We're twenty nine days away. Damn it! Oh, that's right. Yeah, less than a month. Who's counting? But listen, um, that Survivor Series at MSG, I was there. Really? Were you really? Yeah. Huh. Me, Johnny, and Steven, Johnny, Steven, and I, we jumped on the train over in Jersey, mm-hmm. and we got there so early, <laughs> we had lunch at WWF New York. The world. Yes. Oh, so you saw the, oh, you, didn't, you missed saliva. How, I'm, I'm sad for you. <laughs> saliva. We then had all this time to kill, so we found a movie theater, and we saw that <laughs> Red Dragon or... Crouching Tiger? Not no. Not Red Dragon. Oh. It was the, um, the Hannibal, the Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. Yeah. 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 The and young then, Hannibal. And then we went and saw the pay-per-view. <laughs> and it sounds it, like a fun day. It was great. It sounds a like a very day productive day. It was great. We had a really nice time. I wore my um, Freebirds t-shirt that doesn't <laughs> fit anymore. <laughs> I'm sure you still have the receipt. I, I got rid of it. Yeah, I got rid of it. But nice job on the review. I was there, guys. I lived it. It, it was it was awesome. Thank you. Did you guys, by any chance, start a We're From Delco chant? <laughs> I've never done that chant ever. Okay, so that was just me and Steven are the only two that have done that. Okay, so that, that that's not a chant that the Lafferty boys bring to every arena they enter. Should have been arrested that night. <laughs> Agreed. And uh, the rumble in Philly in, in 15. But, hey, um, getting back to Lesnar and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and AJ, um, Jinder's going to interfere here uh, once again. Who? 
and, yeah, and, your boy, and cost AJ the match. The thing that I'm having trouble with is how much I love the world title. You guys know that. Your title. Your title. My title. <laughs> so AJ should win. That title is more important. It has such a great history behind it. AJ should win. It's the more important title. He's the more important champion. He should win. But he's not going to. Brock's going to win. There'll be some interference. And I think we will get some kind of face-off between Jinder and Brock. I don't think there will be an exchange. But I think Vince wants to show how big Jinder really is. He is big. He is bigger than I realized. Yeah, because he, he stood over AJ. I was like, wow. He's huge. So I think they're going to try to do that. Just the failed project, but look how big he is. <laughs> so um, look who you missed out on. <laughs> I'm picking Brock to win and then disappear for two more months. Well, I hope not. They, they get the title off him. They need no, the title on TV. But they're almost there. <laughs> That's the thing. Like they actually because Triple H's pro- WrestleMania program has started. So yes, we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> as far as far as to the whole WrestleMania main event, King Slayer. We've reached the Triple yeah. H benchmark. Good no. job, King Slayer. Now he's your teammate with a vest on. <laughs> because, like, the whole rumor right after 33 was Brock versus Roman. And they're, all, they're just about there already. January's Raw doesn't have a pay-per-view in December, so they're just about there. And I'm, so, I'm sure you'll see Brock at the Rumble, so you don't have to see him bunch, a bunch. I'm sure he'll probably face, like, Balor, probably, if he's, if, if he's at the Rumble. But they're almost there. So... Believe it or not, the years move fast. It's almost a full year title reign for Brock, and they actually, he's actually worked way more than we thought he would. That's that's true. He definitely has been more. there more than it's I thought. But not enough. I mean, I, I want to get back to where the title is the main picture. I, I do too. And it hasn't been. On I do too. But either show. I do too. But at the same time, as much as we got on Brock a lot during the show, he's actually been very good this year because he's been put in different situations for the first time since he's been back for the last four four or five years because of the whole um. Actually, getting manhandled. He was in there with Joe. He was in there with Rome. He's in there with Braun. And he got manhandled. And we haven't seen that from Brock Lesnar since he's been back. Yeah, we're starting to see, like, getting, like, chipped away at. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the mystique of Brock is getting chipped away at over the course of the year, uh, which ultimately will end with him finally dropping the title at WrestleMania. Who do you think is going to win, Brock or AJ? Oh, Brock. Uh, Joseph? Fortunately, it's Brock, but I mean, I, I, I think it's not going to be a clean win. Just keep the title sparkly. Yeah, I'm going to take Brock as well. Yeah. Six uh, minutes. Yeah, does, does anyone think that I'll take we will... Does anyone think we will see a point in this match where AJ legitimately has a chance to win? Yep. Like, is there a point where we think he might win? Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. I think it's definitely... We're going to see a lot of, like, AJ flying around, a lot, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of skill in that ring, and I, I think we'll feel like he will, but... Ultimately, yeah. fall short. Yeah, I think AJ will go for like a second forearm, and Brock will catch him to an F five. Laugh. Do you think we'll see a legitimate chance to win by AJ, or do you think it's a pretty just flat out decisive win by Brock? I think Vince no, likes think, AJ, and you think Jinder is gonna yes. get involved? Yes, but I think Vince really likes AJ. Uh, he's given him the belt now, giving AJ the belt a second time, and I. Hope the rain will last long. I hope it doesn't go back to gender. God, I hope it doesn't go back to gender. But since that, <laughs> since that, since that whole India thing changed, it's not going back to gender. So we, we we're safe there. Woohoo! 
I also read a story that they canceled one of the two shows in mm-hmm, Indiana. They did. That now it's like a one-day super show. It is. Because they couldn't sell two shows. So I don't know if that means India was a failed experiment. I don't know if maybe the people aren't buying in the way they want them to. But I think that, to me, tells me that they're probably not going to invest too much into gender. But no. also, I think their ultimate goal is to get a, a, a good TV deal in India whenever that contract is up. And I don't know that we'll ever know that. Or if we do, it'll be after it's already happened. So I don't know if I'd say it's failed yet, but that does not bode well that they couldn't sell enough tickets to do two shows there. I'm interested to see what kind of offense AJ has out there to kind of combat against the bigger Brock Lesnar. It's very innovative, so. Yeah, I I think we're going to see a lot of scrappiness from AJ. I think that was one of the things Vince said about him. Like, we want you to be this, like, bulldog like, tough character that, like, is impossible to keep down. I think we're going to see that. AJ, like Laugh said, he thinks Vince likes AJ. I completely agree with that. The fact that they made such a big deal about AJ since he's been there. And he came right to the main main card, and he was pushed right in the, in the main picture, so. But yeah, how many times do we all say or do we hear or read that Vince does not like to put anything he didn't create in a prominent position? There's nothing about AJ Styles that they created. He's who he was before he got there. And he's been in a prominent position the whole time he's been there. So I, I think that that says a lot about how much Vince McMahon believes in AJ Styles. Um, Miz versus Baron Corbin. I feel like this is another one. There's not really a whole lot to talk about. Uh, the Miz has been cutting great promos on Corbin. Corbin's been cutting really bad promos on Miz. <laughs> Get out of here. Corbin, um, bad promos? Nah. Yeah, Corman's like weird little speech during the pep rally. I thought it was just like an odd moment. That whole thing was very cultish, very very offsetting and ah, uh, yeah, painful. I, did, I didn't like it. Uh, laugh. Anything you have to say about this match? Corbin's another bum. I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> Your son has chanted at him. Go back to NXT. <laughs> Give him another bear hug. That match with Nakamura. What a waste. The Miz has been so good. He should be the champ. Yes. And he he deserves better than this. He has to win, and the match is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'll be a good match. I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to be the, the, the show stealer or anything like that, but I think it'll be an okay match to watch. Um, Miz usually has good in-ring matches. Um, nothing. Corbin's not great. Um, he has some moves that look really good, like end of days and stuff like that. But I, I think I agree with you. Miz has to come away with the win here. I just think the Miz has help, and he's the Michael McGillicuddy. <laughs> he's the guy that he's the guy they're clearly more invested in out of the two guys. Like one guy is truly a guy that WWE pushes like to the front. Like if we have people on a red carpet, we want the Miz there. If we have somebody talking about WWE, we want the Miz out there. I feel like he's clearly the guy that they're more invested in. I see there's no upside, I don't think, to having Corbin win. I mean, the fact that he lost three weeks in a row to Sin Cara <laughs> tells me that they don't care all that much about Baron Corbin. So I'm, I'm picking the Miz. Miz. Just, Miz TV. So everybody going with the Miz. Um, anybody have anything they want to say about it, or are you guys kind of like me where there's just not much to there's Not much to say. Not much to build off, off of there. I mean, like you said... Corbin's kind of no man's land, and Miz is what he is. He's out there, and he's involved in a lot of segments. He's more important. Yeah. Uh, Miz is great. He is. Uh, we Up until 
Tuesday night, the women's title versus title match was Alexa Bliss versus Natty. Charlotte gets the win over Natty on Tuesday, becomes the SmackDown Women's Champion. So now it is Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte. We mentioned Alexa getting that cheap shot on her during the invasion. Um, well, during Under Siege, if they were called hashtag, hashtag Under Siege, if that's what we're calling it. Um, who wants to go first on Charlotte winning the SmackDown title? <laughs> Laugh. Natty, Natty was a great champ. Mm-hmm, she uh, was nice run and a great in-ring performer. This is giving Charlotte the belt because of the 30 for 30. And if I could make a comment, mm-hmm. I did not like it. You guys know Ric Flair is my favorite wrestler of all time. And I think it portrayed Ric Flair as a terrible father, a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. And an awful role model for his son, Reed, who overdosed. It didn't show, in my opinion, enough of the good, enough of the the lives, the entertainment, the impact that he's had on people like myself that have watched wrestling since the 80s. Not only people like you, like... And not to cut you off, but, like, all the people that are working now, like, cite him as an, an influence on what they do now. So not even just us as fans. Like, the, the people that are doing this profession now, most of them cite him as someone who inspired them to do what they do. Every one of us that has a job or a career sacrifices time with our family, sacrifices our own health, our own exercise to do a job, to do a job. <laughs> and Rick did it. In, in front of everybody and this documentary put the spotlight on that I'll watch it again I'll, I'll watch it 20, 30, 40, 50 more times but I felt I really felt bad for him there was not enough good in there and I so I wanted to take a minute to thank Ric Flair for every everything that he's done for me entertainment wise throughout my life yeah, I think well, that's a good thing to bring up. The thing that I, it humanized them because a lot of things when you tell a Ric Flair story, you can't tell it in an hour and a half, basically. And the whole Reed and Charlotte thing of him not being there or his personal stuff—did we know all that stuff? Some of us might have, some of us might not have. But that thirty for thirty kind of humanized them in a way, and that's what I kind of wanted because basically we all know a lot about Ric Flair, and when you. When it comes to documentary, for especially for an hour and a half, you kind of want to learn something. Because if you don't learn anything, you're basically just wasting your time, wasting your hour and a half when something's with stuff that you knew and you you um you could just easily easily read and pick up a book or go or search, or Google search. Hey, Alo, did you see the Triple H was in that documentary? <laughs> I did. I thought it was a WWE documentary at the end with Stephanie and Trips. I was because it's, all, it's all, all, like all, all old clips. It, it, that was one thing I hate about those DVD those um clips they do. I hate when they cut the old clips. Like I learned, I knew a lot of that stuff already. I wanted more about. Dusty about Ricky Morton. Well, I, about Harley Race. We wanted more of that, but, but no, we got Triple but H. But see me. But see, this is the thing for me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm big on like if I didn't experience it, I'm not going to speak on it. So I couldn't appreciate Ric Flair for what Ric Flair actually was. Now, a lot of people are different from me, but 
Because they'll be like, oh, Ric Flair was great, Ric Flair was great. But it's different when you live it, when you lived it and watched it on a weekly basis. Because everybody's going to tell you everything is good. They're not going to talk about the bad. And what I wanted more was them to talk about why Hogan Flair didn't happen at eight. They 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 blew, they blew over it really quickly. And then another thing I didn't like was what he they, they when they showed him in TNA, but they didn't go elaborate into that. They just went from TNA to read. And there was a, and I know Jr. I believe Jr. said that he needed the money because that's because that's why he went to TNA. But I needed more between that gap because they jumped a lot. Yeah. Well, they made it look like. He was just a joke at TNA. Yeah, like that's they made it look like he was just making a fool out of himself in TNA. Yeah, but they didn't like really say that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I want to know more about because I I watched and all, but that's when I kind of faded out because it, it came too much. But I wanted to know that stuff. The the thing that I didn't like about it, and, and to your point, laugh is. I almost felt like the WWE people that they had in there were like bad mouthing him at the end. Like when HBK is saying, like, he doesn't know who Richard Fleer is. He only knows who Ric Flair is. I don't think he's ever taken any time to get to know. And it's like, yeah, we know he lived his life as Ric Flair, but it's like, I just felt like they were kind of all taking a dump on him at the end. The whole show took a dump on him. I didn't put Sounds my like kid. a weird porn. I didn't put. <laughs> any questions? I didn't put my kids to bed tonight. Does that make me a bad parent? I hope not. No. No, I, I, I do agree with that. We'll and see when your 30 for 30 comes out, how, how that right. plays out for you. There should have been more, 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 more of Steamboat. Ron, I talked about your throwback mm. and your hatred for the WCW <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> but I encourage you to go back to that late NWA, very, very, very early WCW. The Flair Steamboat stuff, the Chi-Town Rumble. No, those three matches are awesome. It was a, and, and at the end... When Funk came in, that stuff was great, too. That was real in-ring wrestling. Yeah. When I think that was right around the time of, like, Hogan and Earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciated it at the Almost time. Almost as good. <laughs> I, I cried during that, that Hogan Earthquake segment. When he crushed Hogan, yeah. he crushed my dreams. He did. I could see you being really upset. Yeah, about I was. That. I was and I could be <laughs> off by a few years, but you know what I mean. You were close enough. Yeah, it's close, close enough. There, there was no real comparison between what Hogan was doing and what Flair was doing. And Hogan said as much to his credit. Like Hogan was the bigger star, but Ric Flair, like he said, Ric Flair was ten times better than me. And like he knew it. Quick uh, lightning round quiz: What is Hogan's best match? <laughs> Ready, go. Hogan Rock for me. Um, I probably, from what I experienced, because I don't, like I said, Hogan, from my, for me, Hogan was in, when I was a kid, Hogan was in WCW. So I'm not going to speak on all that because I haven't seen everything in WCW. But from what, from my experience, I'll probably say, you see The Rock or when he fought Angle at King of the Ring that year. Hogan Zeus. <laughs> no, Hogan Warrior, Halloween Havoc 98. <laughs> For me, especially because I'm all about like what a, what a match might take me back to or what I felt when I was watching it or whatever, I have two that probably wouldn't be on anyone's short list. But these both of these matches were on Saturday night's main event. Please say it because I was going to add my second. So Please say one it. of them is 
Hogan, Orndorff, and yes. Steel Cage. Yes. And they, they tied, right? They tied. They landed, and they had like the instant dueling replay. It was incredible. <laughs> I still have that on a VHS <laughs> <really>? somewhere. Yes. <laughs> so that's one of them. And then I, I don't remember if it was a cage match or not. A cage, a cage, a cage. But Hogan against Harley Race when he was king. Was that a cage too? That was on Saturday night's main event as well. I don't think that was in a cage, but I remember that match and that was good too. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are my two personal because Harley could go. Yeah, and um, this match holds up, and I th- I wasn't even born yet. I don't think, <laughs> but Hogan Warrior at WrestleMania that holds up. That was what ninety. Was that 90 or 91? I think it was 90. It definitely holds up. When, well, when, we, talk about, when we talk about Hogan matches, it okay, kind of so pops in my mind. I was Hogan three Warrior. months from being on this earth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it's, It holds up. It's, it wasn't that bad. It holds up. Maybe you were conceived a Hogan Warrior <laughs> match. Oh, well, yeah. That was, that was like just an event. And it was the passing of the torch at the time. Um and I, it's funny because those are two guys that a lot of like the hard hardcore purist wrestling fans don't like, but that was a huge moment in wrestling history, and you know there's not much you can take away from it. Um, Thanks for letting me talk about the thirty for thirty. Oh, absolutely. I I, I, I didn't have a it. choice. <laughs> we didn't talk about it last week because I'm, I'm pretty sure I was the only one who had seen it. Yeah, I didn't see it. I, I still it. haven't seen you it. Did, you did see yet. it as of last yet. week. Yet. Um, yeah, it was. I said this to you before the show. I, I feel like for people like us, we weren't going to learn anything from it because they didn't say anything we didn't know already. So I think it was geared solely towards the generic, you know, casual sports fan that just happens to have ESPN on. Might have been like, oh, wow, that's great. I didn't know this about Ric Flair. But we there was nothing and groundbreaking Be- in it. Beatle was on it. Yeah. You know, interview Harley Race. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. There there wasn't as much of what would appeal to you or I. Maria Menounos was on it. She yeah. looked good, but <laughs> what does she know about Ric Flair? <laughs> really? Interview Ricky Morton. Yeah. No, I, I do agree with, with that aspect of it. Um, so back to Charlotte. Then, uh, <laughs> yes, did, she's the champion now. She's facing Alexa Bliss at Survivor Series. What are your thoughts on this? I'm excited about this. I think it's going to be a very good match. I think Alexa will win. I think she is, other than Asuka, Triple H's girl. Yeah. So I, I think she will win. I, I agree with that, too. I think, I just think Alexa, she's underhanded. I think she will find a way to do it. And I, honestly, she's been... And everybody here knows how much I love Sasha Banks. I love Asuka, too. Alexa Bliss, since she came to the main roster, has been, I think, the best woman that they've had. Hands down. I think she's been entertaining. I think she's had great title runs. I think, while she's not the best in the ring, I think like her matches have meant more for the most part. I still think most of these women have their best matches with Sasha. But I think Alexa Bliss has been incredible since she's gotten to the main roster. I will take Alexa Bliss, Halo. Oh, um, Charlotte and Natty killed each other on Tuesday. They did. I was like, this this was rough. Like that power bomb into the tur- into the tur- turnbuckle. I was like, wow. Like they really killed each other. Even great um, TV match. Yeah, even um when t- Natty had her in the tree of woe, and Charlotte got out of it. I thought that was great. But yeah, I'm glad. Well, what Late Laugh says, all is right in the world because Charlotte <laughs> and Nadia are the champions again. So. 
<laughs> See, there you go. And I, I, I'm happy that Charlotte has a title back. And I would have loved because we all the report came out that Rick Rick was there backstage. I would have loved if Rick's music hit and Carmella cashed in. <laughs> that would that would have been. Great. I would have loved that. That would have been rough. Because because that's so much heel heat. Because that's just something you can't play with. That is amazing. I would have I would have loved that. I'm still keep I'm still op- keep my my options open with her with her cashing in on Sunday. Because I still I still think that might be the best chance to cash in on either champion. Because it's not it's not actually like it's not actually like said which champion you can cash in on. You said you can cash in on a women's champion. So that'll be a great option if she does cash in. But I'm gonna go with Alexa as well in this match. Joseph, it's great. I mean, it's good TV. Like to his point, I mean, Natalia had a great run as champion. I was kind of kind of hesitant to put it on her, but when she got it, she got it. She ran with it. It was fun to watch. She made it entertaining. So she did an excellent job there. But I think it was the right move putting it on Charlotte, especially in her hometown. This is again we mentioned it on the show. This is what it's about: the emotion of the title. She won the title. She was in tears. Could barely speak about it. That's that kind of gets you involved. Um, and we don't get a lot of that uh, these days, so it's awesome to see that. Yeah, out there. crowd fully invested in yeah. that moment. Who do you think wins, Charlotte or Alexa? <sighs> I'm going Charlotte. I'm going Charlotte. She just won the title. She's got a lot of momentum. Um, I don't think it affects either champion on who wins here, but I'm, I'm, I personally think Charlotte wins. So the queen defeats the goddess. Yes. I love Sh- Charlotte's promo out there, too. It was like it before was it was a goddess on road, it was a queen. Yeah. I, I agree that that was great. In the size difference, I'm interested to see because Charlotte's massive compared mm-hmm. to Alexa. She's huge, but Alexa, I've said this so many times, she carries herself in a way where you almost don't realize yeah, you don't, she's yeah. so small. You don't pick up on the size. But that because may be hard to overcome. Like Savage. Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. Like Charlotte is a full foot taller than <laughs> Alexa, which will be interesting to see. Um, so Bailey wins the final spot for Team Raw. Can I just say how much I enjoyed that when they were posing together in the ring when the team was finalized, how much Nia did not want to be touched? Yep. <laughs> just trying to get away from that crowd as much as she could. On SmackDown, Charlotte is now out of the elimination match because she's the champion, and now we have a surprise entrance on a surprise entrant on Sunday. Now, back in 1990, <laughs> Ted DiBiase had a surprise entrant for the Million Dollar Team. That turned out to be The Undertaker. Is this surprise guest going to be a legend 25 years from now that becomes synonymous with WrestleMania, that has a long streak, that could be compared to you know pretty much anyone in the top 10 on any of our lists as like one of the greatest of all time? Are we going to get that on Sunday? Dennis, I'm sorry about this, but could you imagine if a dead... <laughs> Sister Abigail? <laughs> no. What is going on? It, the, the Undertaker, uh-huh. a, a, a dead uh, whatever demon, whatever you want to yeah. call him with a hat and a coat. If that character was introduced now, could you imagine how much I would take a shit on it? Oh, yeah. But it worked before. Yeah, it would be absolutely ridiculed if they tried it now. Yeah. Great callback to Taker, though. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. They had, like, the little 
open space. I was like, yeah. oh, who knows? Maybe this person's going to be a legend. I used to look forward to that Atari series. I'd have my WWE magazines, and they'd have four guys, and then question mark at the end. You're like, who's that guy? Who, who's it going to be? Page. Page. You think so? Ooh, don't get me excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Page because they put some of the Instagram stuff on Raw, and that was all a work. Because yeah, they yeah. knew Charlotte was going to win anyway. Yeah, because Paige, she was backstage at Raw, and I I personally thought that this whole Bailey thing not being on Team Raw was actually going to turn into a thing. Because um, remember, last week when Sasha got picked on the team, Bailey was like, she kind of felt left out. And I thought Foxy would have probably found a way to like, oh, you want Bailey? You won, but I don't want you. Anyway, right. I found somebody else. I want Paige. I thought that would be a nice way to actually get some well, build a story towards Bailey because still she can have something to do. But it's going to be Paige. In SmackDown Women's Division, they do need a new face in there because we, we've we seen six women tags and fatal five ways with these women all basically all year since the Superstar shakeup. So they need something new. They need a fresh face. And Paige will be the um, the fifth member on Team Raw. I'm Team SmackDown. So who wins, Team Raw or Team SmackDown? Team Raw. Joseph? Hmm. Team Raw. Laugh? I didn't think about it in my head. Uh, I was playing out the match in my head, actually. That's what was the pause. Yeah. With the great work that Alicia Fox has been doing, they need to give her the win. I think Foxy... So you enjoy this, too? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> you like something. Oh, my God. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> no, I, I, I think uh, I give her credit. She's been around for a long time, so they're giving her some time on television and she's been entertaining, okay? I think she deserves the win for that with Asuka. And so I picked the men on the SmackDown side, so I am picking uh, the women on the Raw side. Because I thought that Asuka, um, Foxy would be the first one out because she's been so obnoxious. Like, that, her, just hat, her hat this week was great. Awesome. With the feathers and yeah. stuff, it was great. And this, just, this has to be a showcase for Asuka. Because she hasn't really done anything on Raw since basically coming. She had the two matches with Emma, and that was really it. But this needs to be a showcase because we still don't know, well, the WWE audience, the main audience, they don't know who Asuka is yet. So this has to be a showcase for Asuka. So if it's like four and two, Asuka needs to go on a rampage and be one of the remaining sole survivors. Is there a chance? So I, I know we, we, we think about these things and we kind of try to even it out like there can't be one side getting too much of the better of the other. Is there a chance that maybe Raw has a dominant night, which will lead more to the division between Shane and Daniel Bryan? Like, almost like SmackDown gets humiliated on Sunday night. Possibly. Because Daniel clearly has issues with Shane. He told him we're going to have to talk about things after Sunday. So, I think that may play into it. I'm going to go with Raw as well. Like Laugh said, Alicia Fox deserves it. Foxy Brown. They have the two most dominant women in Nia Jax and Asuka. So I think it's kind of hard to see uh, Raw not winning, so I'm going to go with Raw as well. I would be remiss not to mention this before we move out of the women's storylines. News of James Ellsworth's release today from WWE. (laughs) Anyone who has listened to this show regularly knows there is not a bigger James Ellsworth fan than me. There may be people out there who like him as much as I do, but nobody likes him more. Um, I was disappointed when I saw it. I felt bad. I feel like he may he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves and like he played a key role in turning Braun Strowman from a guy where he's like, ah, oh, this guy to like people wanted to see him. That 
I think he was the first enhancement match after the brand split with Braun. And that became, like, almost an iconic moment. Like, just the size difference between the two, how much he threw him around, the the just, like, terrified look on Ellsworth's face. Um, I think he brought a lot of laughs every week. I thought a lot of weeks he was, like, by accident more entertaining than most of the rest of the show. I think he helped Carmella break through when she was kind of teetering a little bit. That was Carmella's idea. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he helped her, like, reach another level. Um, I hope his indie career sees, like, a boost from what he's done on Raw. I think he's a guy who seemed genuinely happy to be there. I think Mike Kanellis even tweeted something today saying, like, thanks uh, for being such a great traveling partner. So I think he's a guy that the other people liked. Um, so, yeah, I will miss James Ellsworth. I want. I mentioned this last week. I wanted to see Survivor Series be the yearly reunion of Strowman and James Ellsworth. <laughs> like, they only see each other once a year in Survivor Series. We won't see that. So, James Ellsworth, you will be missed by me at least. Well, his indie Salute. Career, <laughs> well, his indie career could take off when he comes on Matt Madison sanction. That's true. <laughs> it's hard to feel bad for him, though, because I'm sure he got a lot more out of this than he originally anticipated. He milked that. that yeah, he did. Dry. I mean, he did get a lot out of it. He... He ended up getting more out of it than I ever expected. Yeah, because there was so much. He was, like, one of the highlights of SmackDown for a year. After the whole AJ stuff. Like, him and Carmelo was Thank perfect. You. Like, I, I had to specify that for Thank you. Thank you. I even like that stuff. But that, that was just you. <laughs> but, the, like, the shopping spree, him with the collar. So good. That stuff was entertaining, yes. That portion of it. What if he shows up on Saturday at your event? I love it. Oh God, I would love it. I would, I would go nuts. I would, I would pay whatever for a picture with James Ellsworth on. Saturday. I think you have to wear your shirt just for that reason. You well, know what? Mister Sexy challenges James Ellsworth to a one-on-one match, <laughs> anywhere, anytime, any place. <laughs> well, James Ellsworth, yes, you will be missed. You were a lot of fun while you were there, and I wish you nothing but the best in the future. Uh, tag team, we have the Usos versus the Bar. Which I don't... Have they been called that for a while? I feel like that was like a new thing that the Usos did. Just calling them the bar. Well, they've been calling... They got shirts now, so they're the yeah, bar. Yeah, they've, <laughs> they've been calling themselves the bar. Even their Minitron says the bar now. Yeah, I know we all were in agreement last week that this is going to be an awesome match. Mm-hmm. Laugh, how do you feel about this one? This is going to be great. <laughs> the work the Usos have done, and anytime Cesaro's in the ring, I enjoy it. I hope they're given time. This is one of those nine-hour cards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it'll it be good. It'll be a good show. I am picking the Usos to win, and I think they deserve it. Oh, yeah, they, they definitely deserve to be rewarded for – they put on a great match every time they've been on a show. And their character work has been great. I think their promos have been the best they've ever been. And I just think they're they're over. Like they, and they were not for a long time. Like they were kind of in that weird area of like, eh, we're supposed to like them, but we don't. They were really. getting stale, very stale. Yeah, and I think they've been great. Alo. Yeah. Um. This I said this I said this last week because I was upset that they took the titles off the shield, but the spoilers didn't say what specifically happened. But I'm I'm excited for this match too because I'm because the the um, the shield in the new day. That's the first half of the tag team at tag teams that have been having the match of the night on their shows, and now we have the other half of the tag teams that have yeah. having to match on their shows. And these two team styles match better than what the Usos and the Shield would have been because it's been the same thing 
it, but these two teams have contrasting styles. And so Sheamus comes, he's very underrated because nobody really seems to care because it's it's hard to care about Sheamus sometime, but that's, that's just a conversation for another day. He was a champ before because he used to lift weights with Triple H, though, remember? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. I was yeah. pissed that he won his first title at – at a, in a tables match on his first sh- shot at, I was very upset. <laughs> I remember that. Two times. Uh, anyway, but, anyway, better I'm, than gender. Oh yeah. Yes. Anyway, I'm I'm really excited for this match as well, and they're going to get the time, and I'm going to pick the Usos to win this match. Can I say before you make your pick, Joey? I loved that they made mention of they were the final two teams in the elimination tag match last year, mm-hmm. which I had completely forgot about. So like they were the two last teams standing. Now they're facing each other, each as tag team champions this year. So, Joseph, who do you think wins, the Usos or the Bar? Well, I think it'll be a solid match. I mean, Usos, like you guys said, are doing some of the best work they've done in their careers. It's Every match they're, they're in is a really solid match to watch. The Bar, I mean, who would have thought we would have got this kind of run out of, out of these two when they were having their best of seven series? <laughs> Here we are now. They're a tag team called the Bar. Yeah. And um, so. it'll be a good match to watch. Yeah. That being said, I think I think the Usos. I think we get the Usos. I agree. That you, I think the Usos win. Uh, there's a cruiserweight match on the pre-show. I have nothing to say about it other than I think Drew, Drew Gulak is great. <laughs> Him actually answering the how you doing, saying, oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> I think he's awesome. He's the best thing in the cruiserweight division. I hope he's the champion soon. It, it might actually make me invest a little more in it. Does anybody have anything they want to say about the cruiserweights? No, sir. No, sir. Okay, didn't think so. Uh, do we have any listener questions? Yes, we do. We have a question from my best friend, Act okay. Fly. I had no excitement going into the initial build for this year's Survivor Series. I won't go into why or who I may have, <laughs> or who may have taken tips from this podcast. <laughs> Some guy named Road Dog. <laughs> but you guys are all surprised with how and what WWE has done to make this arguably must-see. So I'll just answer first. I don't have like a well-thought-out, like long-winded answer, but I do think that they did a good job of taking a show that three or four weeks ago, I was like, why should I care about this? These brands don't care about the other talent on there. They have no reason really to join forces. But they did. A, there was a bunch of title changes in the last few weeks, they got Jinder out of the way. Now we're getting Brock and AJ. I do think that they did a really nice job of making this worth the nine ninety nine for the month of Oct- or the month of November. Plus like, tax. Yeah, I, th- I think that they did a good job of making this a show that you want to tune in to see. So yeah, I think they they put in the effort. They boosted the show. They made it seem more relevant. They made some exciting things happen in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that that's the way it went. They've made it interesting. They've they've done that. I think they had to, because I wrote down one more thing to talk to the three of you mm-hmm. about was uh, Kenny Omega and Jericho. Yes, and especially Ron, your thoughts on that with with putting Jericho on your Rushmore with that announcement and just so important and wow Jericho he's a WWE guy and now he's wrestling the first or second or third best guy in the world wow that's and then they're gonna have a cruise and how much does that cost by the way do we know uh I don't I, I forget I did know a couple weeks ago I forget what it is though off the top sounds of my head. pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> wish I could go <laughs> so I think they had to make it interesting 
I'm also, from the beginning, uh, to beat at that horse here, I'm so annoyed with Triple H. So it's interesting <laughs> and annoying. Oh, all rolled into one. Oh, yeah, the, the Omega Jericho stuff is awesome. Like, uh, that, that made me take a long, hard look and catapult him to my favorite of all time. He's my number one of all time now because I just don't think anyone else could have been as consistently great and entertaining as he was in so many different incarnations, so many different variations of his character, in so many different promotions and countries. Like, he was great everywhere. And equally as great, if not better, from the Monday Night Wars era when, like, everybody seemed to be in a groove and really good. And he's still just as good now when it's so hard to be good and entertaining. So I think it's awesome that he's getting that opportunity. I think that he's shining a spotlight on Kenny Omega <coughs> that he might not have had otherwise. He's shining a spotlight on New Japan and Wrestle Kingdom that, while it's popular, like Chris Jericho brings a whole other audience to it. So I think it's awesome that he's getting to do it, that he's a big enough name to be important doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Are you worried it. that he can't keep up? Are you worried that Chris Jericho can't keep up with Kenny Omega? I think he pulls some stops out. I think he can keep up. Yeah, I'm not worried because I think he's such a professional that I, I, he's not going to go like move for move with Kenny Omega. But I think he'll make Kenny look great. I think he'll sell his ass off. And I think he's got the credibility to, when he's getting his offense in, it's going to be believable. So, yeah, I'm not worried he can't keep up because I, I hope, anyway, that people aren't expecting, you know, 27-year-old Chris Jericho in there. He's, what, 47? Did he just, 46, 47? 47? He just had a birthday last week. I think he turned 47. He's right around that Survivor Series uh, Yeah, <laughs> right in that sweet age. spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Halo? Yeah, um, but my best friend's question. Yeah, I agree because they, they did a whole 180 because we were – a lot of us were kind of like – why? Why we don't we don't care about this except for like even with the whole shield, well, Rollins and Ambrose against the Usos. That's the only thing we were excited for, and they got us excited about everything basically. And they actually kind of built some intrigue on one side on one side of the spectrum for Team Raw. And with last question, this had to happen on New Japan soil because if it happened in WWE, it wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be good. And if Jericho is in control of this match. I think that that's the best option for it since he is the older guy. But I don't have a problem thinking that he won't go move. He won't go move for move, but he will keep up with Kenny Omega. To answer your other question, I did look at the pricing. It ranges based on the guests <laughs> that you are involved on. But you're looking at about eight, at least eight, including uh-huh. fees. Um, it varied. Like if you're one person, you're about thirteen something, and then if you bring four guests, you can get down to like eight. Sounds like a business expense. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, you can write that off. Um, yeah. Two flies question. Yeah, they they did more than enough to kind of build the intrigue in this. I didn't see the Triple H angle coming. Um, they put the title in the right hands of the right people to make those matches more intriguing for you. And they have for me a, a lot of um, storylines I'm looking to play out moving forward after this pay-per-view that I, I, I want to see play out. Yeah, I, they did a good job. Like They took something that was completely uninteresting a month ago and made us intrigued to see it on Sunday. Uh, anything else question-wise? Yes, we got a question from the newly crowned Donnie Delaware. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
He says, top five guys who came from WCW slash ECW who had a good transition to WWE. So, I almost, when you first mentioned this question before the show, and before you got to the ECW part, I was like, this is easy. I'm going to say nobody was good from WCW. (laughs) (laughs) But. There's one. Yeah, well, so I'm putting Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, RVD, Raven, and the Dudleys. That's my favorite five that came from those two promotions. Uh, Who else wants to take this one? I'm kind of similar. I might I might switch out Raven and go Big Show just because the kind of impact he had. Mm-hmm. Um, just a guy his size. Um, when he was younger, he was, I think, better. And um, I would I would replace probably uh, throw a Big Show in my top five. I think it's a good one. And I, I want to say one thing about that real quick because everybody knows my hatred for WCW. I think there's like a weird divide where I did love the Big Show. But I think he missed my WCW hatred because I felt like WWF stole him from WCW. So I feel like the guys that they took, I'm cool with. I feel like other than Eddie, the guys who stuck around and just came over afterwards, like I'm like, they're all dead to me. No pun intended. But I, though, the, those were the guys that I just could never get behind. Like DDP, all those guys. I'm like, nope. You were no, your WCW done. guys. If you jumped ship when the, the battle was still going on, you won me over, but if you stayed till the end, that is stank on him. Yeah. yeah, laugh. What about Booker T? That was my. That's one a my great guys. one that I, I completely forgot about. That's a really good one. I got I got one that's going to surprise you guys because mm-hmm. I agree with both what you said. So I'm going to basically replace the Dudleys with Booker T on mine. But there's one guy that you may go underrated here. Jamie Noble. Mm. <laughs> I loved him. Yeah. In WWE, because he. Even though he was a cruiserweight, he was a focal character on television every week on on SmackDown during the Ruthless Aggression era. And I loved him as one half of J&J Security. Yes. <laughs> every week they, they entertained the hell out of me. I thought you were going to go deep and say Tajiri. <laughs> That's a good one, too. But I, I, think, I, I might have dug, dug deeper <laughs> to get Jamie Noble, arguably. Yeah, like... Because, like, th- does Ric Flair count? Well, I was going to say Ray, but I didn't care for I Ray. I, I don't know. It's hard to, I guess, you give Ric Flair a pass. He's kind of all-encompassing in the, in the wrestling world, so. Yeah, like, because, like, Dusty, I feel like those guys don't really count. No, they don't. Um, Stone Cold, but it, 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 most of his success was in WWE. He didn't really make a name until he got to WWE. Yeah, and um, I said Ray, but I, I like Ray in WCW. And then WWE, they did a little bit too much with him to take away which how you cared about him. In WWE, there's a lot of names. It's hard to kind of narrow it down to five. Um, again, just right off the bat, you kind of, kind of. I'll tell you what: when you, when you eliminate 99 percent of WCW guys, <laughs> it makes it a little easier. <laughs> Vince didn't book Taz or Sabu or Sandman well. Yeah, those were all guys I thought Taz had about, potential to do Taz, more. good after the first wasted. night, it was over. <laughs> um, did we have a question from the Godson of the podcast? Yes, Joe, we did. Joe Laugh Jr. When Jeff Hardy comes back, will he be world champion? Wait, say that again? When Jeff Hardy comes back, will he be world champion? Will he be world champion? Oof. I don't like this I don't like to disappoint the little guys, but I don't I think Matt is way more likely to be world champion than Jeff, unfortunately. The godson in that toy box where we found <laughs> two cool. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. Oh, love it. 
We also found the Hardys, as I mentioned, and he now has every belt in the house. <laughs> so I asked him for a question tonight, and he wanted to know what you guys thought. He's starting to get an an ALO type. Did you know? You know, Dean Malenko was the cruiserweight champ for <laughs> seventy eight days, and I'm like, Joe, oh, no, I, I didn't. But that's good. That's that's good work. You that's better than asking me if Lita's going to come back. <laughs> you, keep, you keep it up. No, we have to unlock Lita and Trish from every uh, or video game that or we that's have. Better than uh, did you did you know Gail Kim? Like, because I feel like those are the ones you usually tell me. Is Gail Kim coming back this week? <laughs> Did you know Mr. Kennedy and Mr. Anderson are the same guy? <laughs> I yeah. like the, I like the Malenko days of his reign uh-huh. one though. And and he's starting to memorize the numbers. It's really? oh great! I'm I'm proud of him. Yeah, it's getting really. <laughs> you got really... a mini halo in your hands. Is, it, is, it, is that good or bad? I haven't figured that out yet. But with with the Hardy Boys, he loves Jeff. And I think Jeff Hardy puts butts in the seats, guys. I think he sells merch. I think he will be champion again. Hmm. Yeah. Joseph, I don't. I, I don't think so. I mean, could it be out of the realm of possibility? No. I. I, I think more they're going to go and they're pushing for that broken angle, which kind of kind of puts them off in their own little island. So we'll see how that plays out moving forward. Halo. Poor Matt Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's gone. He could be doing so much. He could be on Team Raw. So, oh, 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 okay. So this is so... Poor Matt. I'm with you. <laughs> this, this was part of my rant a couple weeks ago. Did they, they managed to find that like the things that are super cool outside of WWE and then like steal them and then just kill them. Yeah, because Matt was always the better character than Jeff, but Jeff was just so beloved because he did all the high-flying moves, but Matt was always the better character. And this could have been a blessing in disguise. And even is with the comeback as Team Extreme and the Hardy Boys, they they didn't book them properly after the titles. And no, not it's, at all. it's too late for Matt. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be broken again. No, it, it is too late. Think about broken. You can always be rebroken. <laughs> the ship sailed on that. But um, I won't lie to the godson of the podcast, Joe Lafferty Jr. <laughs> so he can go. On Daddy's MacBook and relive Jeff Hardy and Armageddon <laughs> 2008, where I, I legit popped when he beat Triple H and Edge to win the world title. So he can relive that moment and act like it's 2008. We watched it last week. <laughs> <laughs> One of the th- last comment, if I may, please. Yeah. With, with kind of interesting segue when mm-hmm. you guys were talking about saliva and <laughs> the awful music, yes. and but you lift weights to it or somebody yeah. does something to it, Joey will put on a song. And I'll say, do you like this? And I, I say, nah, nah, Jones, it's awful. <laughs> it's like Jeff Hardy's second TNA song, and he's like singing the lyrics the to song? it. Yeah, he, uh, he's oh, well, he's all I, about it, TNA all about the Hardys. TNA he's got the armbands. Wow. Yeah. He's come a long way in yeah. the time I've known him, <laughs> because he and I first met. At the live event, I believe, summer of 2015. We sat in the same suite we sat in for Rumble 2015. And he was not that into it. He was he was more into Al K-Line than <laughs> WWE at the time. Um, and now he's like... And popcorn. Yeah, and now he's like turning into a super fan, yeah. which is very impressive. 
Yeah. That in, in that short amount of time, when we saw him at Battleground, he knew who everybody was. I was like, wow, like he actually really likes this. Now. Yeah. And I'm sure, as much as I know you guys don't see eye to eye on what's good and what's not on Monday and Tuesday night. I know that you're happy that like he cares about this thing that you care about so much. Ron, in his ring, <laughs> hold on to your chair. <laughs> it was it was Jeff and Matt Hardy. Guys, I ain't making this up, by the way. <laughs> Enzo Amore and Bill Goldberg. <laughs> what a clinic. Oh, yeah. So the... So the, arguably the greatest tag team of all time against two of the worst of all time. Oh. So he's jobbing out Bill and Enzo? Yes. That's awesome. He's to my a, hero. <laughs> to an extreme triple swanton bomb to the outside of the ring through a ladder. Wow. Yes. Who, who booked that? Joey. He's got a mind for the business. He might be the next Dewey Foley. Joey's got the book. Yeah. I like it. Well, he's the godson of the podcast for good reason. I will say that. Um, was that everything for questions? Yes. So I just want to apologize. We had a bit of a technical difficulty. The last little bit of this show is actually being done right into my iPhone and not into our normal microphones. Uh, so before we get out of here, I just want to mention one last thing. We have basketball season upon us the lakers and sixers are playing as we speak um we don't really want to get too much into that but one person that i've been inviting on this podcast every week for most of the last year actually probably a little more than that lebron james will be in town on november 27th playing against the sixers at the wells fargo center I just want to let LeBron know we have 11 days from the time you will hear this before you will be in town. The throne is waiting for you. Unsanctioned is here, waiting to interview you, to give you a time away from basketball to talk a little bit about wrestling. If it is Friday night when you get into town, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, it doesn't matter when the throne is waiting. Let us know when you're ready to do the show. We will be ready to do the show with you. And I guess that is the show. Uh, did anyone have anything else they wanted to add before we get out of here? Ron, thanks as always for having me on. I really enjoy my time when I'm with you guys. My closing comment is a big happy birthday to the macho man, Randy Savage. Yes. The uh, cream always rises to the top. <laughs> happy birthday, macho man. Happy birthday, Macho Man, on my Mount Rushmore, greatest intercontinental champion of all time. I'm, I appreciate you for saying that. So that is the show for Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, C. Kane Joe Rottermill. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. We know him as Alo. The ladies know him as Balo. And for the godfather of the podcast, Joe Lafferty, I am Ron Pashery. We will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, but the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.